doing God's work uh, all over the world. Let's pray together. God, thank you that we can spend time worshipping you in such a beautiful and incredible way. Lord, thank you for our worship team. Thank you for the hard work they put in um, helping us connect with you through these beautiful songs. Lord, we understand that this morning and earlier today and later on there will be people all over the world worshipping you, gathering around your word, listening to you, listening to each other. And we're just so grateful that we can be part of a bigger picture. Lord, thank you for people who serve you so faithfully in in incredibly difficult circumstances, whether that's in Zambia or in China or here in South Africa, wherever it is. God, we pray that you will strengthen them, that you will show them your glory, that they will know the truth about you, and that truth will set them free. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you know anything about me, you you probably know that I'm not a perfectionist. Um, You may have noticed that about me. Um, If you walk into my office, you will notice I'm not a perfectionist. Um, If you walk into my house, um, you'll see a different side of me, but that's only because I'm married to Colleen and she helps me with some things. This morning, I want to tell you a little bit more about me. Uh, This morning, I want to tell you a bit more of the truth about me. So on my computer desktop, which um, is a pretty interesting thing, you'll see it in a moment, I have a docker. You see, I'm not a perfectionist. See the grandchild picture there? I'm not a perfectionist, but there in the top left-hand corner, there's a document that says this. It says, the truth about me. The truth about me. Now, in that document isn't the obvious stuff. It isn't the John isn't great at admin kind of stuff, you know, or John likes people stuff. None of that. It's not the easy stuff. It's not the stuff that I know about myself and have always known, or the stuff that you look at me and you go, oh, duh, it's obvious. It's the other stuff. It's, it's, it's got things in there, and I'm not going to let you see it. It's got things in there that, that, that I don't actually want to admit. There's stuff in there that, that I've discovered about myself, especially, I think, as you get a bit older. The stuff that you didn't want to know about yourself. All the other things. Those things that I do perhaps know about myself, but that I want to hide or ignore. You know, the kind of stuff we use the excuse, but I was born that way. Or, I know, but I can never change. Husbands, wives, don't look at each other now. It contains some of those things that I suspect about myself, but I'm scared to admit. Or I'm scared to face. To look in the eyes and say, Yeah, John, that's a real problem of yours. And you've always had it. At some point 
it has one or two things that used to be blind spots. You know what a blind spot is, don't you? It's a thing that other people know about you and you just don't know about yourself. Psychologists say that we should have, on average, 3.8 blind spots. However that works, I don't know. But 3.8, and I just want you to think about your blind spots for a moment. Just, just think about them for a moment. Nothing, eh? Nothing. Because they are blind spots. Because they are right there in front of you. Everybody can see them. You can't. And you know what? One day when somebody loves you enough, when somebody is angry enough with you, they will tell you about them. And you know what? It will hurt. And you'll be angry. And you'll say, no, 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 no. But if you're willing, if you're willing to maybe write it down and look at it and ask other people, you will discover some deep truths about yourself. Those blind spots, as you begin to work with them, may help you become who God truly meant you to be. You see, sin has broken that image of God in you. And so your, your personality, who you are as a person, reflects in God in some ways beautifully, in other ways really badly, in a broken way. And we never want to face those. But you know what? God promises us as we discover those, we will discover freedom. How do you do that? Well, enter Scripture. Enter Scripture. Our chance to find freedom in knowing the truth about ourselves. Our chance to know freedom in knowing the truth about ourselves. Last week, Debbie talked about the fact that Scripture enters into the world to show us who Jesus is. And, 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 and it is an invitation to get to know Jesus in a deep and intimate way. But the beauty of Scripture is it doesn't stop there. It's also a mirror that can show you and I who we truly are. Not just the nice parts. Not just the easy parts. Not just the parts that we like and other people like. But all of who we are. Because it's God's word. In the book of James, the book of James was written by Jesus' brother. Isn't it how hard it was growing up to be Jesus' brother? Wow. You know, most siblings have problems with their older brothers or sisters because, you know, the oldest one's always the, like, the responsible one. And the good, I know I had one of those. His name's David, and he was just always the good oak, you know. Imagine it was Jesus. Imagine how much self-reflection James ended up doing. Because for a long time he didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. And then he comes to understand who Jesus is. And he writes this amazing book, the book of James. You should read it sometime. It's amazing. 
But he says something really amazing about God's word and what it can do for our lives as we discover who God created us to be. In James chapter 1, verse 23, it says this. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Look into God's word intently, not forgetting what it says, and so making ourselves as stupid as somebody who looks in a mirror and forgets what they look like. But if we look at it and see what's there and live it and do it, we will be blessed in what we do. I want to invite you this morning in particular, but not just this morning, but every day during our 40 days in the Word, to join me in looking at that mirror, in, in, in looking at it and being honest what, about what we see and allowing God to teach us about ourselves and how we can be truly free. You see, because here's one of the things I discover as I look into God's Word that I, despite all the evidence, am a captive. I am a captive. But I want to tell you, the captivity that I'm under is, is, the, is the worst kind of captivity. It's the worst kind of captivity. It's not an ordinary captivity. You know, If someone keeps you prisoner, like, you're a prisoner. But what if you keep yourself a prisoner? You see, what if you like those elephants that they train for circuses? When the elephant is a baby, they tie a rope around its neck and it tries to pull and it tries to pull and it can never get free. And then one day, they don't tie that other end of the rope to a tree or a stake. All they have to do is put the rope around the elephant's neck. And it thinks that it can't go anywhere. Even though in the meantime it's become a massive elephant that could easily deal with a stake in the ground or the tree that it used to be tied to. No problem. But the rope around its neck tells it a lie. It tells it you are still a prisoner. That is the worst kind of prison, isn't it? It's not just elephants that are like that. People are like that too. Not just people, but God's people are like that. God and Moses have been talking, and God has said to Moses, Moses, I've got great news for you. I am determined to set my people free. I've decided, I've done, I've heard them crying out there in Egypt. I've heard their pleas. I've seen their suffering. I've seen what Pharaoh is doing to them, and I'm done with it. I am going to set my people free. Nothing will stop me doing it. Moses is excited. And he goes back to the Israelites and he says, Guys, I've got to tell you something. God has decided to set you free. Exodus chapter 6, verse 6, it says this. 
Moses reported this to the Israelites, but they did not listen to him because of their discouragement and harsh labor. They did not listen to him because of their discouragement. Some versions say because of their lack of vision. They simply couldn't conceive that they could be free. They simply couldn't get in their minds that, 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 that there's, a, there's a future for them, that's a glorious future, and it's not just God is determined to give it to them. They just couldn't. Sometimes we're prisoners like that, aren't we? Sometimes we are prisoners like that as we struggle with a particular sin or a particular personality or a particular illness or a particular problem. We just can't understand that we could ever be free of this thing. That it will always be there. And the truth is, Scripture says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. I just want you to think about that verse for a moment. How silly it is to have to actually say it. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. But because of our circumstances, because of our discouragement or our harsh labor, we just don't believe it. Enter Scripture. The truth about me. And I just want to unpack a few truths about Scripture that God gives to us so that we can truly be free. The first thing I discover about me as I explore God's Word is that I have been given freedom from sin and death. I have been given freedom from sin and death. Scripture tells us that we are slaves to sin. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, when last did you try and be good? For a month. Okay. For a week. Yeah, I could keep on going. We're slaves. We are slaves. But Jesus tells us, his word tells us, this gospel that, that Matthew was talking about, tells us that we have been set free. That thief on the cross, he knows he's going to hell. He knows he's, he's, he's going to be separated from God for eternity. And Jesus looks at him and says, today you'll be with me in paradise. You are free. We have to recognize that the scripture is true, that it tells us we are slaves to sin. You see, because as long as we look into the Bible and say, yeah, I, I know that I'm a sinner, but I'm not as bad as those people. You know, as long as we look at it and say, well, you know, I grew up in a Christian home, so, you know, as long as I look at it, and I keep saying it to people, I, I didn't change a lot when I became a Christian. I was about seven years old. But I lived in a home where you've got a hiding if you didn't act like you were a Christian, you know? So there wasn't a big external change. And so it's easy to go, well, I'm not, I was never really a slave to sin. But you see, I can never experience true freedom if I don't believe that I need to be set free by Jesus. 
As long as I try to think I'm okay, just like the Israelites did, just like the Pharisees did in John 18, Jesus is, is talking to them. And he says this to them, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves to anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? You see, you see that's why they couldn't. Because they kept on saying, no, no, we, we're okay. I mean, we like you, Jesus, and we think all the stuff you do is great. But, but, but we don't desperately need you. And the Bible tells us, this mirror tells us as we look into it, that there is only one way to be set free from slavery to sin. John tells us that if we say there is no sin in us, we are liars. <laughs> but freedom begins not by, by setting ourselves free. Not by working hard so that we can be okay, but by saying the only way I can be free is through Jesus Christ. I want to ask you this question this morning. Have you ever done that? Have you ever said, God, I need you. I need you to set me free. I can come up with techniques for me being better. I can figure out ways that other people will make think I'm okay. But Jesus, I need you. If you haven't, please do it. If you don't know how, after the service, you can go through to the chapel and there'll be people there who'd love to pray with you. Because it's a prayer away. It's a prayer away. Not only do I discover as I look into this, this mirror that is God's word that I am a sinner and I deserve death, but that I have been given freedom. It's there, it's waiting. But I also discover that I've been given freedom from the broken me. I haven't just got freedom from the shackles of sin and death. I have been given freedom from the broken me. That list that's in that document, the truth about me, the brokenness, those things that I try to hide from other people, those meannesses, those evil thoughts. Those, I've been given freedom from that. But it's hard. Because I think we stumble here. You ever look in the mirror and wish it was different? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 55 now, you know. I know, I'm a bit older than that, I think. I'm 57 or six, so. I'm starting to get those eyebrow hairs. You know, those long ones that my kids hate. Dad, please cut it. I look and it's there. And, and I, can, I can wish it wasn't, but it is. And you see, as this mirror looks at me, the temptation is to go, no, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not like that. You know, I've, I've been saved, so I'm okay. No. You see, Scripture is very clear that God has a plan for me this side of heaven already. To make me mature, to make me like Him. But it's hard. It's not only hard for me, it was even hard for the great Apostle Paul. Listen to what he says in Romans chapter 7. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. 
For in my inner being I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner to the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, you see that, that this is a struggle that every Christian has and we mustn't back out of it. We must be prepared to look. But that looking is hard work. Listen how the book of Hebrews describes the process that God puts us through to get rid of that junk. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. You see, I I think that that passage is said like that on purpose. To, To help us understand that as God reshapes our soul, as God reshapes his image in us, it's going to hurt. I've had to have two teeth fixed. This past Friday, I spent a few hours. The dentist says, this coming Friday, I'm going to be there a long time. Don't laugh. What are you laughing at? He just said, just, it's going to be long. It's going to be painful. But it's going to be so much better than having things stuck in my teeth all the time and, and being afraid to bite on that side. It's going to be better, but I'm going to have to go through pain. I'm going to have to. And that's what this passage tells us, that you and I must allow God's word to dissect us. Now, this happens best in community. I want to say that that's why we, during 40 days and the rest of the time, we we want people to be in community to grapple with Scripture with each other. Because sometimes... Our best defense, as we read something in a passage of Scripture, we go, whoa, that's not good. So-and-so is really like that. Come on. We all know someone who's much more like that than we are. Sometimes we need a loving community that's willing to say to us, "Mm, yes, but. And we must allow God's Word to dissect us. To cut out those things that will hurt us and damage us and deny us our freedom. The truth is that I have been given freedom from the broken me. But I need God's word to show me how. There's another truth about me. I've been given freedom, God's word tells me, from fear and doubt. I've been given freedom from fears and doubt. Fear is a weird thing. I can remember as a, as a young, as a teenager, being so excited about one day being an adult and not being afraid of anything. You know, I won't have these weird little insecurities and these weird fears. Do you remember that? Did it work? I, I used to be afraid of the dark. I'm, I'm properly, 
properly afraid of the dark. I remember running down the passage as a kid, just running past those empty doors, you know, because there was something. I'm not scared of the dark anymore. Uh, And I don't know when it went away. Uh, I think probably in my late 20s. I'm imagining, no, I'm serious. If you're not afraid of the dark anymore, can you remember when you stopped being afraid of the dark? But here's the thing. I never used to be afraid of heights. I never used to be afraid of them. Now, even the stage is feeling a little bit high. <laughs> What's that about? You see, my brain has developed. What, what is that about? It's about being human. It's actually about sin. It's about all sorts of things that I just can't figure out. It's about the unknown. Now, Scripture tells us that God doesn't magic our fears away. Oh, I wish he did. I wish he did. I wish he could just take them away. But he doesn't. But he does something else to us. He does something else to us through his word. And Psalm 119 tells us a little bit about it. Verse 105 says this, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. See, as I read God's word, my fear of the dark can be taken away because I know that God's word will shine in, not down the road over there, my next step. Like that stupid suspension bridge down at Oraby Gorge that I still can't walk over. God's word tells me, John, those cables are this thick, bro. They cannot break you. The whole church could stand on that bridge and it's still, yeah, but nope. One step at a time. I want to tell you what got one of my family members who's also afraid of heights across that bridge. They just sang Amazing Grace the whole way across it. Now the truth is that may sound silly and it's at one level it is. But you understand what that is, don't you? That's somebody putting a reality in their heart, the kind of reality that the scripture teaches us when their brain is telling them something else. That's why we've got to keep going back to Scripture, going back again when we're afraid, when we think things are going to fall apart, when we don't want to do something. And God just tells us, here's a story about somebody else who dealt with this. Here's a story about somebody else who thought they couldn't. Here's a story about somebody who couldn't. But God could. The truth about me is that I have been given freedom from fear and doubt, and it's right there in the Bible. Number four, the Bible teaches me a truth that I can be unbelievably stupid. That I can be unbelievably stupid. If you don't believe me, it's right there in the passage that you read. It says, somebody who looks into God's word and then doesn't do it, is as stupid as somebody who looks in a mirror and then forgets what they look like. That is stupid. The truth is that the mirrors in those days weren't as great as our mirrors are. They were pretty bad, in fact. But you still knew what you looked like, even if the mirror was bad. And we have actually better, we have more than they had in those days. We do. We have the whole of Scripture. We have Jesus in it. We have more. 
And so we should be able to see more clearly. But one of the things it tells us is, uh, you are completely stupid. Like Israel. Like Israel, when God said, I have given you freedom. I have determined nothing will stop me setting you people free. And they went, nope. We'd rather stay here. And then once they got free, what did they keep saying? We want to go back. Seriously? I wish it was just then that were that stupid, but I'm that stupid too. I have those days. I have those moments. It's called disobedience. It's called, God, I trust myself more than I trust you. You see, this freedom doesn't just happen because I read God's word. It doesn't, the truth be told, doesn't just happen because I know God's word better than most of you because I studied it. It's something that needs to happen. And listen how clearly James describes it. There's three things I need to do to gain these freedoms that Scripture promises us. The first thing is this, I need to look intently. You notice what it says there in that passage? That here's this mirror, here's God's Word. Whoever looks intently into the perfect law. So this isn't just, I read it every now and again. This isn't something I just do because the pastor said we must, or because hey, it's time to wake up. This is a thing I do and, and keep doing again and again. And like Debbie said last week, sometimes it doesn't make sense, you know. You read a, a story in the Bible. There are some stories in the Bible that I just read. I'm like, okay. No clue. But then I go and read other stuff. It's like a crossword, you know. And then I, I start reading this part, and I start reading that part, and then all of a sudden that thing that made no sense to me, now I've got three or four letters and I go, that's what it is. And I fill them in. That intently, intently. Number two, keep on looking. Folks, the truth is I've studied the Bible my whole life. I've read through the Bible from one end to another probably four or five times in my life. I spent my whole adult life reading the Bible and studying it. But here's what's beautiful. Some days I look at something and go, what? Wow. It's there. It's so amazing. If I'd given up, I would never have discovered that. If I'd said, no, no, I've done it all four times now. I'm, I'm done. No. We must keep on looking. But here's the final and hardest part. And it's the key to everything James says. Obeying. Obeying. See, in a sense, that's the key to our freedom. We've already been given it. Jesus has set us free. We're going to heaven when we die. All of that stuff. But if we're going to experience the freedom that God has for us, that Christ has set us free for here on earth, looking intently, consistently, and finally, oh. Obeying. And that obedience is where we find true freedom. Let's give thanks together. God, thank you for your word. Thank you that we can grapple with it. Thank you that it is a true and honest mirror. Not something we hide behind, but something we can look into and give you thanks for. Lord, may we be people 
gaze with love and privilege and thanksgiving into this amazing word that you have given to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Debs. Thank you, John. Scripture is a mirror.